hits all the time. We are family. Max Scherzer, double-digit Ks. We're busting ours. Kick yours. Fun to watch. Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfect. Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Masson Web Studio and the Masson All Access Podcast brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano back with you. And Paul, we have some uh, bragging rights to dish out on the Masson All Access Podcast today. Do you know what they are? Couldn't tell you. So the uh, Battle of the Beltways season series just wrapped up. As we know, we were there in Washington, D.C., uh, the Nationals and Orioles split the two at Nats Park. They split the two at Oriole Park Camden Yards back in July. So season series once again split. The Nationals can't seem to beat the Orioles for whatever reason. Um, so the tiebreaker for okay. the uh, Battle of the Beltways, the Baltimore versus Washington, D.C., is tonight in the Redskins and Ravens preseason game. Okay. Um, as Now, as I as – Meaningless preseason games go. The fourth and final preseason game is the most meaningless. Okay. Can, but, we, can we pull up the book of Masson and really delve into this? Because I think you're misinterpreting rule 15.2, okay? It's only regular season games that can break the tiebreaker, Bobby. But it's the only but the Ravens Redskins preseason game happens every year. It's, and a it's just also season I game. know, but there are I I I can't not only said that no, caveat. No, no, no. no, no. It, not it's only meaningless. I understand that. It is 100% meaningless. I'm not going to let you get your point out. Not only is it a preseason game. Yeah. It's the fourth preseason game. It's the most meaningless preseason game I know. There are going to be zero starters on that field. But there are roster spots up for grabs. That I'm doesn't just mean saying anything. it's 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 funny that the Orioles and Nationals play Tuesday, Wednesday, and now Thursday we have Ravens versus Redskins. This, it's been a whole DMV week. Is this always the fourth preseason game, or they just they play? It's a preseason it's game always the year. fourth preseason game. It's always the last one because it, they're so close. I think that's how the NFL does it. Where like the, the Eagles play the, the Eagles Steelers. always plays the Steelers. Yeah. yeah, and I think the Giants play the Jets. I think it's just a so the teams Proximity. don't have to tra- travel too far for yeah, the last sense. games. Is it in? Is but it they in, don't play when if they're playing in the regular season. They don't play in the preseason. Uh, pardon my ignorance. Is it in D.C. or Baltimore? It's no. It's in neither. It's in Landover, Maryland. Yeah, I, was, I was gonna say. <laughs> I don't even know where the stadium is located. Yeah, Landover, Maryland. Good old PG County. That's like um, uh, the New York Giants and Jets playing. Yeah, you, you mean the New Jersey Giants yeah. and Jets? Uh, yeah. No, they are playing at Landover tonight at seven thirty. Um, Redskins Ravens. So that's just uh, to me that as a guy from this area, that is just fun. That is just good sport content. Um, it is enjoyable. I just want to know area. the ratings for that final. Preseason. It's going to be atrocious. I, I mean, the Redskins ratings by themselves are bad. Are the ra- I mean, is your boy Dwayne Haskins playing? starting? Starting his first start. Yeah, he's probably going to play the majority of the first half. Uh, and I'm guessing it's going to be Dwayne Haskins versus Trace McSorley. Yes, it is. <laughs> both local guys, both who did not attend the University of Maryland, never forget. By the way, oh, good. This is totally random. No, you say what you knew. Oh, I was going to say. Speaking of University of Maryland, college football uh, kicks off tonight. Well, we have some in-house uh, college, bragging rights because college football kicked off last week. Bobby. Okay, you're right. Technically, but tonight is the actual like every. There was two games last week. Yeah. Everyone else is starting tonight. Yes, and Saturday. There are some in-house bragging rights over the next two weeks because your Syracuse Orange 
play uh, Olivia Witherwright's Liberty. What are they? The Owls? Did I, yeah. Did I it's got to be the Eagles, right? Did you I completely think? make that up? Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Liberty. Uh, um, but, and then. The Temple Owls, I think, are the. I know, I know Temple. Um, Liberty mascot. But I know. Is it just a. Oh, it's a bird. Sparky the, the Eagle. Fl- the I flame. The Liberty Flames. Oh, really? That's what. Well, oh, well they, they Sparky the Eagle, eagle is a their, flame. Yeah. Where's Olivia when you need her? Um, so I, I just think it's also funny that you guys have your schools going ahead of each other this week, and then Maryland and Syracuse play next week. Thank you for correctly calling them Syracuse Orange, because you would not believe this. Some people on TV still call them the Orange Men. Oh, the Orange Which men. they have not been for 10-plus years now at this point. Wait, really? Yeah, they I were, mean, I knew they, they so are they the, orange the Orange, and they men. were the Orange Men. Yeah. Why, why the change? I don't, um, I've never heard of it. It's that more like gender appropriate, I think. Ah, yeah. There we go. PC. Syracuse Orange. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. We are, uh, there's a huge debate in Syracuse. Uh, this is this is incredibly interesting to all of our listeners. There's a huge debate about uh, whether orange is singular or plural. We've been taught one way at, at my radio station. I've seen the other way. There's a lot back and forth. Webster's Dictionary goes one way, and like the, the, the consensus goes the other way. I don't know. There's just a color, right? Because so, like an, like the fruit and orange, look at all those oranges. Right. But it's, if you're talking about like a group of men who go by or women who call themselves orange, they're look at all those orange. Yeah. So, yeah. so it is. Well, it's like the orange is or the orange are. The orange are beating the Terps twenty-seven to nothing. Yeah. The orange are. So that's that's the question. That's how I would say it. We were we were taught in my radio station. Orange is. But Webster's Dictionary within the past year came out and said, like, team names that are singular or plural, actually, like the Miami Heat are, or the Thunder are. Or the Stanford Cardinal are beating the Cal Golden Bears. Right. So it's R. It's, it's, uh, it's a big debate in Syracuse. Yeah, so well, uh, I just settled you, it. It's R. You, uh, as, as a former editor of MassinSports.com, yep. you have... Uh, as a copy editor, yeah, I, I'm declaring it R. It is a plural. Now, you can say it's singular, like, you are... He that player, he is a, he is an only orange. one orange has yeah. scored tonight. Like, like if I am talking to producer Amy Jennings, it'd be like, "Hey, did you know that Paul Mancano he is an orange?" That is singular. Go orange. So that would be is. So yeah, go Q's. Well, um, it's going to be great to start the season two and zero. Easily nice. too. Easily too. <laughs> Maryland plays Howard on Saturday. That's going to be a, a nice W, and then nice. it's just going to go downhill from there. Syracuse goes to Liberty for the first game of the season. I think. Is it a Why? home and home? Is it a home and home series? Do you guys are playing? I don't know. Why are they that doing that? Crazy. And you're yeah. like a top fifteen team, aren't you? Well, not f- top fifteen, but I think top twenty five. Like, okay. what Still are they ranked. doing? Yeah, it's okay. ACC Network started. Can't can't. Uh, Did you get it? Do you have to buy it? Do you have to buy it? I don't think so. Right? Uh, I don't know. Do you have to buy it. No. Would you buy? ESPN I'm a Big Ten Plus? school now, so I don't know. Would you, I don't concern myself with such things. I I looked up ESPN Plus by the way because I was like, there there are a lot of games on ESPN Plus. Yeah. Like, should I they, should I buy it? So many college football games. But I will tell you, nothing looks less interesting. And in, in I've never seen any TV look less interesting than Peyton's places. That thing. Peyton's places. It's like a new Peyton Manning show. I love Peyton Manning. This show looks awful. I mean, so boring. Right. He just goes places and interviews people, and it's on ESPN Plus. I think it's Peyton Places, Peyton's Places. Yeah, Peyton's Places, new ESPN Plus series. Let's get the IMDb description. Do you want that? It's got an eight out of ten. I see. The two-time Super Bowl champ with the Indianapolis Colts, well, and Denver Broncos, and Denver Broncos. So IMDb doesn't know a whole lot about sports, I nah. guess. Uh, interviews former NFL players, coaches, and other key figures about football history and its cultural impact. Uh, 
Does that sound interesting sounds at all? Like a, it sounds like Peyton Manning is teaching a history class. Yeah. Like, does does that is, sound like I'm going to shell out my money for that? No. No. But I will shell out my money for Disney Plus and then also add on ESPN Plus. That's another to, thing. And I'm Hulu not, just to have it. What, what is the appeal with Disney Plus? What, what, are what we is getting? the appeal? Oh, my God. This, this, this podcast will get off the rails quickly. You get... There are so many new Marvel series coming out. So many Star Wars add-ons coming out. There are so many... All... Every Disney movie ever and TV series will be available for streaming. So All you right. can buy the DVD for two bucks at like <laughs> a Walmart for most. Yeah, but that adds up. If you buy fifteen movies, that's thirty bucks. That's already how more than often a are you? You're, you're watching Disney. Movies I'm a, a Disney lot. guy. Well, so I think and Marvel and Star Wars. I think I, I'm a big Star Wars guy. I think I'm a little oversaturated in terms of the the Star. Like that that doesn't sound too enticing to me. A Boba Fett series? How is that not enticing? I watched it and I'm like. I, I just didn't see a whole lot that grabbed me, Bobby. I didn't see. Who's going to play Boba Fett? Boba Fett? Is it a guy? I, I haven't looked that deep into it. I don't know who. It, but, I mean, he's wearing a helmet. So. The, the other question is. The same kid from Attack of the Clones? Yeah. <laughs> who just grabbed his father's Yeah, and then just put his forehead head. so, yeah, that's, so calmly. It's kind of Like, that wouldn't be traumatic at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, it's also, it's is, is Boba the older one or the younger one? I was getting confused. Boba Fett is the one from the original trilogy, the one that hunts. So he's technically younger. He is the cloned son of Jango Fett from yeah. Attack of the Clones. Right. Yes. Okay. Good to know. That's a good I'm still not getting. What are we talking plus. about? Are we talking about baseball at all? Yeah, probably. Uh, Nationals. Nationals. Right. The uh, the DMV battles and the bragging rights amongst uh, Baltimore and DC, and then uh, Bobby, Paul, and Olivia. Uh, all right. So the Nationals, like we said. Split the series. A little disappointing. Um, we talked about how this was a stretch of games. Well, also, we're talking about this this Orioles series was starting a stretch of games where you should win and hopefully gain ground, even though the Braves are playing an easy schedule too right now. But this is also even more... What's more disappointing? The splitting against a team that at home that you should win when you had Patrick Corbin and Max Scherzer on the mat, or that coming off the heels of a sweep of the Cubs in Chicago. <laughs> it was a trap game. We it's talked whole, about it, it last week. It was a week. trap series. It, yeah. was a, it was a trap series, and the fact, you know, they they it's have a, a trap, bunch of traps. Star Wars. Yeah, there you go. Good reference. Um, Admiral Akbar. what a guy. There you go. Uh, it, was, it was a trap game. It was, they came off of an amazing series, off of a late, and I know they had an off day, but they had an extra inning game to close out that series in Wrigley. It was a trap game. I mean, they, they were going up against Aaron Brooks, and they were sending Corbin to, Patrick Corbin to the mound, it just happens. It is disappointing, and the fact that it came after that. But I, I, I'm also of the opinion it, it is less disappointing because it came after a massive, massive sweep. So, yeah. like, you know, if, if they had won two of three of that series or and then lost, lost two that, of three, yeah, it then, would have been like, okay. So I, I, can tell, I understand the letdown. Yeah. And I would rather, look, you'd rather them lose a, a game to an AL foe than a team that they could potentially be in a wild card battle with down this down the stretch. That's true. I guess like you know if you were, well here's the thing. So like you know how I grouped this two game series with the Orioles with this upcoming three game series against the Marlins. Yes. And say all right, best case scenario, or at the, I think at the very least you got to win four out of these five. Right? Yep. You lost your one. All right. And you beat you you beat the Orioles in game two. Now you're looking at kind of. Not a must sweep, but you should sweep. If you can sweep the Cubs on the road where they are just absolutely dominant in Wrigley Field, then you can sweep the Marlins at home, especially when they just announced the starting rotation for this weekend. And it's Anibal Sanchez, who went eight and a third scoreless innings in Wrigley. Steven Strasburg, who was 
struck out 10 on um, on Sunday. And then Patrick Corbin, who pitches really well at home, and after giving up two runs in the top of the first, was lights out through the, the next five or in so innings. Mm-hmm. So with those guys taking the mound this weekend, you would think that they should be able to win all three against the Fish yeah, and kind of get back in this race. Now, I haven't... Don't remember exactly who the Braves play, but I don't. I think they have a relatively easy schedule coming up as well, which is kind of a shame. Well, the good news is that the Nats have taken care of business against the Marlins. They're ten and three on the season against the Marlins. If you were to say that about the Phillies, <laughs> I they knew you were going to bring that yeah. up. I was like, the only team that hasn't taken care of the business against the uh, Marlins are the Phillies. Well, the Phillies do that. They they play they like play down to their competition in a way. Um, they are seven and nine against the Miami Marlins. So credit the the Nats for taking care of that. Yeah, I mean seriously, that is like it's an underrated part. But like the Phillies are, I think they have a, a, a over five hundred record against teams with a winning record, but they don't take care of the games that they have to. You play one hundred and sixty two. You have to you you have to win when you have winnable games. Right. Um. So the Nats, for their credit, I I don't worry too much obviously that the first game loss was disappointing but i don't worry too much about the upcoming series series against the marlins i think they'll take care of business um that's what they've been doing all season and aside from that blip that that shutout which was you know totally unbecoming and totally random so um that's just that's why i play the game they they have been offensively dominant right dominant the hottest team in baseball. We'll actually touch on that randomness of that first game a little later on the program. But going back to the coupling of this Orioles series with the two three-game series that bookended, you know, let's couple it with the Cubs series. You figure that they were going to lose one in Wrigley, and they didn't. So, okay, that's your one loss yeah. in the game one. Also, like you said, Paul, you'd rather win the games against the team that's in your same league yeah. and lose the interleague game because now – Let's say the Cubs and Nationals finished tied for um, the top wild card spot. The Nats might own the tiebreaker, right? And now they are what? A, uh, at this point, they are three games up on and the they created Chicago some Cubs. Significant space in the wild card race. If they get swept in that series. They're the second wild card team right now, especially right. the other way around. So that that as important and, and Mark Zuckerman actually just wrote a great article from SMSports.com about how the goal should still be to win the division. And that again is still a, a possibility. They're five and a half games out, still very makeable um, for the last month of the season. The next best thing is home field advantage in that wild card right. game, especially if you're going to play the Cubs who have, as you mentioned, been dominant at home. All right, let's touch on that because uh, you mentioned Mark Zuckerman, uh, him and I had an interesting conversation while we were, uh, at Downton Nats Park on Tuesday about this whole scenario, this whole playoff race. And this is why September baseball is so excited and the Nationals are finally in like an actual playoff race. So as it stands right now, the Nationals would host the one-game playoff. You mentioned how Tuesday was just a complete random game. Could not have predicted that from the start. No one saw that coming. Not only losing to the Orioles, but getting shut out at home, yep. especially with Patrick Corbin on the mound. And Patrick Corbin mentioned post-game, you know, this is why playing in a one-game playoff is so dangerous because anything can happen. You know, what if this were to happen in a wild-card game and, and at home? It happened yeah. at home, and the Nationals are proposed to host the wild-card game. So, um, you know, let's say Max Scherzer is, you know, gets gives up one home run, two home runs, or a two-run shot in the top, top of the first, but then his lights out through the sixth, and but 
the Nationals offense, for whatever reason, just goes cold that day and can't score runs. That's the risk you run. Yeah. By and this goes back into Mark Zuckerman's article as well. This is that's the risk you run by not winning the division and having to play in that one game, one wild card game. And it's a coin flip just to get into the NLDS. Right. And that's it is, you know, you you win the division, you have an automatic berth, and it's it's like a buy almost. And um, the, the idea also, I think, becomes it becomes even more tenuous when you think a little bit down the line because Dodgers are going to be that one seed. Yeah. Um, unless Atlanta somehow catches them. So um, in, in the National League. So the wild card winner of the wild card game is going to have to play that one seed. Yeah. And that one seed is obviously going to have home field advantage, which means you could be playing. And the, the way that the schedule breaks out, you will be playing a one game wild card game on that Tuesday, yep. September, whatever it is, September, or October, sorry, October 1st. First. The NLDS begins. Across the country, game one, Thursday. Right. The third. I mean, that is, that's a tough ask. And momentum is a thing. So, like, you know, if you win that game and you bring momentum into Dodger Stadium, sure. But still, you got a 50-50 chance of winning that first game. And then you have to go and beat the best team, maybe the best team in baseball, um, in a, in a best-of-five series and start the two first games at, at uh, Dodger Stadium. I mean, that's... That's a massive disadvantage. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're getting into this because now here I have a kind of a counterpoint. Let's say that that plays out. The Nationals have to play the wild card game, and and let's say they they do win. Knock on wood. Hopefully. Then you like you said, there's a travel day. You get to the West Coast. You play the Dodgers. More than likely, they have a seven game lead over the Braves for the best record in the National League. Now, first off, I would say, is there any? Chance? Is there any reason to believe that playing and winning the wild card game could actually benefit the Nationals more and help with their postseason luck more than in the past, where you are not sitting around for three days waiting for what happened, and then you're also not playing a team that is having already played in between? You know, you finish your season on Sunday, you play Tuesday, you play Thursday, you kind of just keep rolling with the momentum right. as if you were still in the regular season. Um, and, and stay hot. I and mean, we saw what happened just last week. You play a late a rain delayed game in Pittsburgh on Thursday night, and you have to fly to uh, Chicago, which is not that long of a flight. But then you come around and you play local time, a one twenty game on the road against one of the best teams at home, and you come off winning. I mean, th- we've seen this team yeah. being able to ride its moment, its own momentum. And right now, since the end of May. However long the streak has been, they have a better 162 game pace than the Dodgers. Like yeah. they were on, they could be on pace theoretically to win like 110 games. Yeah. If I they, now is there any is there any substance to that at all? You think? I think there is a little bit. Yeah. Because we've seen the Nationals, you know, obviously take out minus 2014. Every other playoff series has gone five games, and we've seen them falter in Game Five. But I, we've seen the Nationals not get out of a playoff series. Now, if they can. Is there? And I think there might be. I'm not saying this is definitely it because again they go five, but there is some reason to believe that that time off, that time to kind of sit back and relax, may be detrimental to the players in terms of their uh, momentum. I think when you look at the four playoff seasons as a whole, and you look at the four losses in those NLDS, it's easy to try to. You, your first reaction is to want to look at all of them and say, "All right, what's the trend, and how do we?" break this this trend right and that the the only real trend that we can see is that they lost lost and that they 
did not play in the wild card game. So to me, that's just that could be just coincidence. And and I think if you there there might be an advantage to that, but you still get a 50-50 chance of even winning that game. So right, like right. I and I understand maybe the theoretical idea behind it, but they're also going to be. I mean, they, that wild card game is going to be a late night, probably, and then I think it's an eight o'clock start. Jeez, oh, and then they are going, and it, you know, it could be at home, is. but then they are traveling five hours to L.A. And in theory, Max Scherzer might be have already been used for that wild card game. They might not have their ace in game one of the NLDS. Yeah, but then you're throwing Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin. True, like, but I would still feel better about Max Scherzer. Then you have not? Max Scherzer going game three. True. At home. True. But you don't want him to have his first appearance in that series to be potentially right. back against the wall. You're right. It's not I ideal. I would still want him in game one. No, you're right. It's not ideal, but if any team is suited to go through Agreed. that yeah. rotation like that, it's the Nationals. Agreed. But you want every advantage on your side possible if you're facing the best team in baseball. I can't remember if I've talked about this already on, on, on this podcast, but I was definitely talking with Mark on Tuesday. Like, what are this scenario? You know, you, win, you throw Max wildcard game. Against the Cubs, whatever. They win. Um, like you said, you travel that night. You get into L.A. early Wednesday morning. You have a workout at Dodger Stadium. Then Thursday night is game one, which probably be the later game because it's on the West Coast. Uh, you throw Steven Strasburg. Let's say Strasburg, and we've seen Steven have dominant playoff games before. Let's say Steven is just lights out. The Dodgers throw Kershaw, whatever. They go toe-to-toe. The Nationals get the Kershaw eventually, and they pull out a game one upset, riding that momentum. Game two, who knows what happens. Patrick Corbin is is good enough, but the bullpen holds steady because they weren't needed in game one. You're able to steal. Now, this is obviously wishful thinking, but you're able to steal somehow game two, kind of like the Giants did against the Nationals in 2014. Now you're going home with a day off with Max Scherzer going in with a possibility to sweep back at home against the Dodgers. And even if you don't, you have Anibal Sanchez going game four at home. So, again, the Nationals rotation is probably the best suited in all of baseball to go through a wild card game and still be suited or, or situated well enough to, to win a five-game series Agreed. against even the best team in baseball. And, not to mention, we've seen the Nationals play the Dodgers really well this season. They split in L.A. I believe the Dodgers took two of three in, in D.C., but... The Nationals were in position, I think, to win that series and and win two out of three of those games because those that one night, the first game I believe was a Friday night game where um, it was a good pitching matchup between Ryu and I can't believe, remember who went for the Nationals. It might have been Corbin or Sanchez, but mm-hmm. still, like we've seen them, we've seen the, the Nationals during this streak be able to play with anybody. Yeah, agreed, agreed, and and I totally agree with the idea that. They are more positioned, and that's, could that's, that was their goal with you know coming into the offseason is we're going to build the best one, two, three, four that we possibly can and one of the best in baseball, and they've done that. Yeah. They absolutely have done that. I'm just saying it it, it would get you, – you just want your best guy on the mound in game one to set the tone. I don't know. Well, then, uh, okay, so in that case, do you maybe – since – we're comfortable with the rotation. Do you maybe throw Strasburg at the wild card game? No, because no, you you only have a fifty percent chance of winning that game. So the other thing is the Dodgers, for all their offensive firepower and their great offensive team, you're still going up against Clayton Kershaw, who granted has not been great in postseason in his career, but Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, who was a three ERA, Hyunjin Ryu, who might win the Cy Young, and uh, Kenta Maeda, who's still a pretty good pitcher. And then you have an outstanding bullpen behind those guys. So it's not like the, the Dodgers rotation is a bunch of slouches. They're they're darn good by themselves. 
Outstanding bullpen. I'm seeing a couple threes and fours on there. I think a out, good bullpen. A good. Bullpen. I think they. The last time I checked, they were a top ten. And bullpen. the best arm they have in that bullpen is Kenley Jansen, who again the Nationals actually hit pretty well. Yeah. No. I, I they, a, a top ten bullpen. I'll okay. Say that. Let's say that. Yeah. A better bullpen than the Nationals. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. No, I, I totally agree with the idea. Well, that, again, okay, then this tie backs into the conversation of then the Nationals' goal should definitely be win the division, catch the Braves. Oh, absolutely. You're going to have to take their seven games left against the Braves. The Braves, we're going to have to root for Philly hard um, in the coming weeks because, again, the Braves play the Nationals and Phillies in 14 games out of at, in 15 days. Yeah. Back to back to back to back. And did I say four backs? <laughs> back to you back said- to back to back. Yeah. Four games. Yeah. All right. Four series. Um, the original back, then the back again. Right. And so I think it is tough that I think four of the four of those seven are in Atlanta, and then you get three at home. But, you know, you're going to have to take care of your own business, shorten that gap when you can, and then just cr- kind of cross your fingers and hope they kind of stumble while you have a chance to take over uh, the top spot in the East. I get back-to-back. Like, two people are have their backs. But back-to-back-to-back, now that I think about it, doesn't really make sense. You only have one back. Two pe- three people can't stand back to back to back unless they're in some weird triangle. But is that what back to back means? Like stand is that back like to the back. original is that the I think, original? Doesn't like the phrase back to back mean like in succession? Where are our interns when we need them? Uh, it so does it does mean in, in succession, but like where did it come from, you know? Right. That's a good point. Where did back to back originate? <laughs> originate. I think it's interesting. <laughs> oh, boy. I found Head Over Heels. Heels Over Head. Why does Head Over Heels? Back to Back is a song by Canadian rapper Drake. It is that. We it know, is the we second know, know diss that. track created by Drake. <laughs> It'd be nice to have a playoff series without Drake. Or a playoff season, I should say. <laughs> a championship, a World Series without Drake somehow involved. Well, I don't yeah. think we'll get one. Is he a baseball fan? I think he did those couple years the Blue Jays went to the postseason. He showed up, he just hopped on that bandwagon. Yeah, like he does. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's so. Yes, I, I agree that the goal. Well, I don't know. The goal definitely should be winning the division, but it's not. You know, panic-inducing if they make the wild card game. Now, it being a fifty-fifty shot is panic-inducing and and, sh- and brings anxiety to my very breath right now, just thinking about it. But I think. If the Nationals are able to host it at home, we've seen that they're able to play the Cubs well. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna see how well they play the Cardinals in case the Cardinals fall from the top spot in the Central and, and become that second wild card. Um, they played the Brewers really well when they were just here in DC. So I think they'll be fine against NL Central teams. Yeah. Well, I mean, but again, it's just <laughs> that crazy. Wa- I mean, yeah, yeah. In a five game series, yes, I think they would be too. But in a one-night game, you, right. you never know what but, happens. And and so many people are in fit, and I know that I am. I might be in the minority here, but that's why I hate the one-game wild card because you don't. You're not because uh, Mark Mark hates it too. Mark hates it too because yeah. you if if the goal is to find the best team possible, you're not doing that with one game well, because I, one game in the regular season is worth less than one percent of the season. Right. It, it if a one game in a regular season is not even worth. One one hundredth of the season, if you're saying that that's how meaningless and how hard it is to glean the best possible team from one game, then you can't put these t- these teams' seasons down to one game. I, I like the drama that it brings and the excitement, yeah. but that's also, well, I guess the Orioles 
played it in one time. I was also that's also me never having to really experience it as a exactly. Fan. Now the Orioles one that was a huge bummer because obviously the whole Zach Britton thing and they had a chance to win it all. But you know, uh, look at this instance. You know, the Nationals and this is another thing that Mark and I talked about. The Nationals could be if I, it's if, a long conversation with Mark Zuckerman. I mean, I could talk he's about, a great conversation. I could talk to that man all day. Oh man, yeah, me too. Stuff. Um, the Nationals could find themselves in a situation this September where they are too far from the Braves to catch, but they're also too far ahead in the wild card race to play meaningful games down the stretch. You know what I'm saying? Like the Braves could lock up the East, you know, midway through September, and the Nationals could very shortly after lock up the top spot in the wild card. And then now they're kind of back in that mode of not playing meaningful games down the stretch and maybe kind of relax take the foot off the pedal for a little bit, and then you play that wild card game and they're just not amped up enough, and you're catching a team like the Cubs or the Cardinals who had to scratch and claw their way to get in. Well, and the question is how hard would they fight to just to get, if they had to fight just to get home field advantage in a wild card game? How important is that to them? So say that they are, say that there's a big gap between the second wild card team and the next best team. Say there's like a five game gap there. So like the Nats have clinched a playoff spot in the wild, and they know they're going to be one of the two wild card game teams. But there's only a one game difference between themselves and the Cubs or the Cardinals. The the question is, how bad do they want that home field advantage? It's an advantage, definitely. Yeah. But it is one game, and how how much are that you know are they at all going to be concerned about uh, playing their starters down the stretch? and giving these guys some rest after they've clinched a playoff spot just to get home field advantage in that one game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I also wonder, I have to do the math on this, How? what's the earliest, like, there's definitely a scenario where they can, like you say, clinch their playoff spot, but mm-hmm. it's not determined where. It's yeah, not a, like exactly. whether it's a, a, a division championship or a wild card spot. So is there a situation where they've clinched, they're in the playoffs, now it's just determining where they're going to play. Yeah. Are they close enough to catch the Braves? Are they, is the second wild card team close enough to catch them where they flip flop? And then also, like, if they do catch the Braves, uh, then they're fighting for home field advantage in that NLDS. Because oh, my God. Yeah. I, seriously. Oh, yeah. Because I'm lo- now looking at the standings, you know, they're. The Nationals are, I think, oh, I can't do this. The Dodgers, or it's Dodgers one. Braves have a sizable lead on that second, second seed in the National League. Right. So, but like, so if the Nationals have to catch the Braves, they would be playing the winner of the Central because the Dodgers would be facing the wildcard team, whichever, whichever team comes out of the wildcard game. And so now like, idea, like in this world, whoever is in the Central has pulled away. Right. And now... The, the the central winner and the east winner are fighting for home field advantage in the NLDS and their two three matchup, and so, I mean either even so like yeah they could be fighting they could be fighting till the end no matter what even if they clinch a playoff spot in mid September there will be the games will oh, matter so there's almost for sure the games will matter all I know is I want to uh, experience another clinch because that might be my favorite day. As a are those the shoes? employee, these are not the shoes. I haven't worn the shoes since the clinch day. They still smell like champagne. They're still disgusting. I still have a cork bottle that landed in my coat pocket. <laughs> Just somebody popped it, and you like choked on it. Well, Mike Rizzo sprayed me in the face with champagne. I, that. <laughs> I got, and I had a camera, and I was like, "Well, that camera's not great." But I got an XLR cord wrapped around Mike Rizzo at one point. So yeah, that's it's chaos in there. Hopefully, yeah. we can celebrate that again. Um, all right, well. This conversation is definitely not over because we have a full month left. This playoff chase, and the best part is 
week in and week out, we're going to have more information about where the standings are, yep. how teams are playing, who's hot, who's not. Um, Presented by... I don't know. <laughs> I don't, that's, you have to ask Dan and Bo Something that air. BGE or something. I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, a lot more of this playoff race discussion coming up on the Madison Alexis podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play, and follow along on the Mass and Nationals and Mass and Alexis Facebook page. You can also find us on the Mass and Nationals YouTube page. And Paul on Twitter, at Paul Mancano. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. The Mass and Alexis podcast is brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student athletes and programs today. For Paul, I'm Bobby. We'll talk to you later.